Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. You deliver, you save, you heal. You bring us to the place of your splendor and grace. Hallelujah. Sing with us. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, oh, always be. at the center of it all center of it all Jesus at the center of it all from beginning to the end it will always be you always always be you Jesus Jesus nothing else matters nothing else matters nothing in this world will do Jesus be the center Jesus you're the center and everything the center of it all, at the center of it all, from my heart to the heavens, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes it's all about you.
Also, how about that? How about you guys give someone a hug? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Woo. You may be seated. Let's get a microphone over here on this piano. Hallelujah.
First, God, first song we learned how to sing when we first became Christians was a song that went like this. It says, God is
in the light of His presence, in the brightness of His light, all things become shadows. And so that's where we draw to near each day. Again, I want to share this, uh, I guess it's a two-minute clip right before we start, and it puts the word today into perspective. A call to obedience. All right. Quiet, please. Quiet. The obedience test. thanks for your goodness in our lives, O oh God. We give you thanks that you have purpose with us. You have amazing plans that you want to fulfill. And Lord, many times we're not seeing the glory that you desire for our lives because we struggle with the aspect of obedience, O oh God. We consider it so easy, and yet it's so distant from our lives on a daily basis. We pray that today your word would open up to us as we rejoice for those that will be baptized today that have decided to take a step of obedience, which is the beginning of the journey to glorify your name upon the earth. Now we pray, Father God, that we might meditate upon your word, that we might delight upon your counsel, and that we purpose in our hearts to return to that place where we're sure to see fruits that glorify your name. We were sure to see the provision that you have promised, the protection, the purpose, O oh God. If we could walk into a life of obedience... The glory will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, O oh God. Crown us with that glory. Crown us with a heart and a mind and a willingness to obey you in all things. We pray that your word would be a seed planted in our hearts that would give forth fruit in its season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. There is no greater life to be lived in God's purpose other than to fulfill his call. I was at the end of my life, at the age of 16, knowing that I was going nowhere fast and my life was going to be a, a reflection and a representation of my own ways and my own schemes. I was really distraught seeing that nothing would ever turn out in the fruitful victory that God had planned. 
But there's no imitation and no copy and no promise in this life outside of obedience to God and His Word. And that is our daily struggle. We cannot even imagine the things the Bible says that God has prepared for those who love Him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, he says, These things have already been written. They're there for our taking if we pursue a life according to loving God. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says unequivocally, it's written, Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man and his imagination the things which God has prepared for those who love him. And God has been constantly calling us to this life. We continue to put it off. We continue to postpone and procrastinate with the dreams prepared and with the glories that follow, the Bible says. We continue to live without peace, without hope. We continue to live in misery. There's no way out. There's no joy. We're filled with the marks of rebellion and disobedience. We could point to readily, and our obedience is sparing. John chapter 14, verse 15. It was placed there in a very awesome light that being able to love God those things that are prepared for those who love Him only concord with those who keep His commandments. The word keep is also a synonymous word for obey. If you love me, you're obeying my commandments. A lot of people swear their love for God, and when they point to the areas where they are obeying His commands, they can't find one area. And yet we have Christ who models this life for us and was able to do the full will of God. In John chapter 5, verse 30, the mark of an obedient son is to not do anything of yourself. I can of myself do nothing. I'm not free to decide things in my life. I'm not free to determine what I'm going to do. That's a life of obedience. A life of obedience is one who's not picking and choosing what he will obey. I recall a friend of mine who grew up a Christian in a Christian church, he's the son of a pastor, and he says, Joaquin, you expect me to obey God in all things, but I more likely approach the church like a uh, smorgasbord uh, buffet. I choose and pick what I will eat. I choose and pick the things I will obey. I'm not going to go to church and make of myself nothing. But here Christ Jesus, who is our example, if we call ourselves Christians, he says, I don't do anything of myself. My life is prescribed, pre-planned, all things prepared, all things provided. I do nothing of myself. But as I hear, that's where I move and I judge and make my decisions. My judgment is righteous because I'm not doing my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. That's the heart of obedience. That's the heart of seeing the glory of God follow. Many people say, I don't hear God. I don't see God. I don't see the manifestations of God in my life. And I would challenge obedience at that point. I recall a young man came up to me last Monday. He says, Pastor, I remember that you told me if I'm to see God's glory, I'm to watch over my time, my talent, and my treasure. And it was Monday night, and I was about to go home. But I recalled Monday night at 8 o'clock, if I'm to be an obedient son of God, I need to be at man's meeting. So he came Monday night to man's meeting. 
A life of obedience that starts lining up your purpose and the substance of the significance God will bring about upon the earth. It's not only Christ in the New Testament, but it was the first king of Israel in 1 Samuel 15, 22. The first king of Israel who God told to, with specific instruction what he was to do. And he says, I did something better than what you asked. And so the prophet tells him, does the Lord delight in you coming up with your own stuff? Does the Lord delight in you presenting sacrificial burnt offerings as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better. Can you say that with me? To obey is better. To obey is better. Because it will give you a specific route of a flight pattern for the glory of God. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hear the Lord. To hear what God is telling you today better than the fat of rams. It's important for us to put away all things, all sentiments, all sentiments, all thoughts. And to begin to obey the Lord. And you'll see how the Lord will begin to determine the steps in your life. It will be determining steps of time. It will be determining steps of talent. It will be determining steps of treasure. You'll be stewarding God's time, the talent that He gives you, and the treasure He gives into your hands. And that was the promise for, for God's people. Verse 23 of that same passage, it followed up that if you're not obeying, you're walking in rebellion. That's it. You can come up with all the creative ideas and excuses as to why you're not going to obey. But the truth of the matter is, you're walking in rebellion. You will never see the glory of God. You will see the devil pinning on your tail all the shame and the guilt and the resentment. Having been called to be a prince, you're a pauper. Having been called to the palace, you remain under the circus tent of the devil's wiles, his schemes, his strategy. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness accompanies rebellion. The stubborn cannot obey. You tell him a thousand times. He says in the book of Proverbs, if you were to beat a fool a thousand times with lashes, yet he will not learn wisdom. He doesn't have an appetite for obedience. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, that's what we're to obey. That's what we're to listen to. That's what the Spirit of God will remind you. He also has rejected you from crowning you with glory, from being king. That's our struggle on a daily, bless, uh, 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 daily basis. The, the struggle of will I obey God and walk in the Spirit or will I capture, sequester, and kidnap my life into rebellion, fulfilling the lust of my flesh, of my resentment. Genesis twenty two eighteen, he says like this, In thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, only because of one reason, only because of one basic reality, because you have obeyed my voice. You cannot equate blessing without obedience. You cannot equate fulfilling God's call without hearing His voice. In fact, in the Hebrew understanding of obedience, it was said that obedience was first to listen and then to come underneath the instruction given upon you listening. Listen and then coming underneath the realm of the words spoken. That's why today's baptism will be so powerful. Because it's the first instruction given to a Christian. Repent, be baptized. Repent and be baptized. So coming underneath the waters is an act of incredible 
uh, laying down your will. In you all the nations shall be blessed. If you consider those people around you, and we're seeing it in the life of Michelle, in her obedience is blessing all the friends of the family. Her obedience has, has brought more than 15, 20 people to the Lord as she's heard the voice of God and walked in his instruction. In your seed, in your descendants, the things that will follow will impact all the nations of the earth under blessing only because of one reason, because you obey my voice. Imagine the opposite be true, because you do not obey. All those that surround you are cursed. All those around you do not walk in the shadow of God. Exodus 19.5 says, Now therefore, if you will obey, the condition is if we indeed obey the voice of God to keep His instruction. Remember, listen for instruction. Then you will be my special treasure. Then you will be to me above all people, for the whole earth is mine, and He's ready for promotion. He's ready to lift you up. And I've learned a principle in the Word of God. It says like this, uh, since I got saved, uh, the teachers of the Bible would tell me, if you postpone obedience, it's called disobedience. And always the devil will want you to take his imitation before God brings you his reality. Right when you're on the threshold of striking uh, the manifest presence of God's purpose, you'll have an opportunity to disobey. Trust me, even at, like Joey was saying this morning, at our level to pastor, to minister, we have many opportunities to fall short of obedience and, and take a little uh, direction out into rebellion. Like, like it was in the life of Saul, where God says, go in and destroy, have nothing to do with all that people. And he preserved the most precious things. A pastor has an opportunity to do that on a daily basis, to cut short obedience. But when you obey, it's going to cut off everything the Lord doesn't want for you. It's going to cut off the things that are going to withdraw from you being that treasure, special treasure. A people above all peoples. Above all peoples, for the earth is mine. He's established this in the earth as method of promotion. You'll be my pe peculiar possession. You will be my treasure. Jeremiah 7, verse 23. But this thing I did command them. Listen and obey. There it is again. Verse 23. He puts these two things together. He says, this is what I commanded them saying... Obey my voice, and I will be your God. And you shall walk as my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you, that the blessings might accompany you, that the times of refreshing might visit you. And that's our struggle. That's our daily struggle, to be able to listen, to obey, to see the manifest presence of God accompany our lives. Deuteronomy 11.26, he told his people, Behold, I set before you today a, a, a future of blessing or a terrible future of cursing. These two things are constantly before us. Blessing or curse. Verse 27, the blessing if you obey. The blessing, the pouring out of the heavens if you obey my commandments of the Lord your God which I command you today. Verse 28, and the curse if you decide not to obey the commandments, if you decide not to walk in the love of God. 
But turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other things to give them your priority and your best. Deuteronomy 13.4, he reminds them, You shall walk after Lord, the Lord your God and fear Him and keep His commandments. You'll see every time it says, keep His commandments is obey His voice. You shall serve Him and hold fast to Him. And that's what the concept we find in John 14.15. If you love me, if you truly pursue my love, you will keep my commandments. In verse 21 he says, he that keeps has, has my commandments and keeps them. Because one thing is to have them, another thing is to keep them. We all know what God is calling us to do, but not all of us are walking in that light. It is he who loves me, and he who loves me will see the love of my Father. He who loves me, he who keeps his commands, will see the expressions of the windows of heaven. I will love him and manifest myself to him. There it is. I will show up. I will be part of that man's life. I will be palpable and tangible to such an extent they ask him in verse 22. They said, what is this about, Lord, how is it that you will manifest? How is it that you will bring out yourself to us and not to the world? Why will you show up to us and not to those that are in the world? And he says, why in verse 22? Judah said, how is it that you will not? Verse 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if a man loves me, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And that's when my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. We will surround him with favor, with, with the pleasure of heaven. So men after God's heart like David in Psalm 119, 27 said like this, make me to understand your ways. Make me to understand and meditate upon your wondrous works. Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to move in the direction to be under your shadow. I don't want to continue to be in a wilderness, in a, a drought, in a place where there's no fruitfulness. And so Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 says, if you are willing and obey, these are the two things. If you submit your will and obey, you shall eat the good of the land. But verse 20 says, if you refuse and rebel, you shall be eaten by the sword. One thing is you eaten, the other thing is eaten you. You shall be devoured by the sword because it's the mouth of the Lord that's speaking this. We should rejoice this morning that God would once again clarify the journey that we're to be on, to listen to him and to obey. We have so much we're obeying and listening to, but it's not God. Psalm 119 Verse 165 says, Thus great prosperity shall come upon them. 165. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace. That word peace is the same word as prosperity in the Old Testament. Shalom comes from the root word shalak, which means financial provision, generosity of possessions. Great peace. Have those who love your law who keep your commandments, nothing shall keep them back. Nothing shall offend them. Nothing shall cause them to stumble. Isaiah 48, 18. Oh, the Lord says, that you would have heard my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river. Uh, you can't stop a river. You can't hold back the, the tide of blessing that comes to your life if you purpose to obey. And your righteousness shall become like the waves of the sea. Of the sea, one after another. 
I tried to go surfing in Peru about two years ago. I couldn't get out there because the wave kept on slapping me back to shore. And God is saying if you keep his word, he'll keep on slapping you back into his purpose. Begin to listen to God. Circumcise your heart. Get all that's keeping you away from listening to God out of your life. Luke eleven twenty seven said, Now it occurred that as he was saying these things, a certain woman cried out and said, Blessed is the womb who bore you and the breast that fed from your, um, and, and the breast which nursed you. Somebody was coming out and, and holding out. There is a better way. There is a better provision. And Jesus has to clarify, there's something way better than to be nursed by Mary in that instance. It says, but he said, more blessed are those who hear the word of God and do it. More blessed than the virgin uh, Mary's son is those who hear God's word. He made, you, you should underline that. So the next time somebody has you doing something other than to listening to God's word and putting it into practice, you say, I know there's a lot of things that carry some reputation with it, but there is something better that I could hear God's word and do it. That my life be lined up with obeying God. Once you obey God, get ready for promotion. Acts 26, 19, Paul says, King Agrippa, I obeyed what I heard from heaven. I was not disobedient. To heaven's vision for my life. I was not disobedient. I walked in the path of Christ. Hebrews 5.8. Although he was a son. Some of us think because we are sons. We get to walk in disobedient. That's called a brat. That's called a disobedient son. But Jesus says. Even though he was a son. He learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Obedience will bring suffering and pain into your life. The Bible says in verse 9. That it was... Through this, having been perfected in obedience, that he became the author of eternal salvation. Only to those who obey. To come to Christ, to come to his cross, to come to the grace of God means you don't obey. It means you obey all the more. It means you take it up a notch. Mark 1.15, saying, The time has come and is fulfilled, for the kingdom of God is being poured out on those who repent and believe the gospel. It's the very first thing we need to do. I think Bianca, who started here a couple of weeks ago, said it's not about being perfect. It's about repenting every day, all the time, about all things. Man, that's great theology. That's great teaching. Continue to repent. Continue to come back and say, God, I missed a boat. God, I want to get back on the journey of your purpose for my life. I need to repent on a daily basis. I need to believe the gospel. I need to be in his presence. Believe. And so we see that God will always point you back to this reality. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Jesus first commanded us to repent and to believe. And now his followers also after him, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized. That's obedience in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin so that you might receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. God is asking you today, are you going to return to obedience? God is asking you today, are you willing to repent the gift of God? John 6, no man can come to God unless the Lord opens a gateway. No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up on the last day. The turning back, the obedience. The turning back and obeying. Some of you 
in your journey, and I, I live this too, 15 years into my Christianity, the Lord says, okay, now it's time to leave your law practice. And I'm like, mm, a step of obedience for the next promotion. After the climax of being obedient to my parents and being able to graduate from high school and college and law school and being able to finish law school walking in obedience. And now 10 years later, now another crossroads of obedience. I felt like a kitty cat that was trying to jump off a pier. Cats don't like water. We don't like to obey the only expression we saw in that video clip with Mr. Bean is that that teddy bear was completely dead, inanimate. It was not moving from the place it was put. And so we need to become the same way. We need to be dead in Christ. We need to say what Paul says, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. Acts 17.30, he says, for many years, God overlooked these times of ignorance, God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent, to return, to come back to God, to begin to do it God's way. And we're not going to see God. We're not going to see the manifestation of his glory. We're not going to see the fruitfulness of it. Um, uh, I, I really give thanks to the Lord seeing the transformation in the lives of so many. So many have been able to witness the 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 miraculous restoration of, of people into drugs, cigarettes, rebellion, disobedience, dragging themselves through the mud, and then having the opportunity to say, God, today I decide to obey you in all things. Today I decide to die. That's what's going to happen at the baptism. These men died. They're buried. And they raise up in the power of the resurrection to listen and to obey God, to see his glory upon the earth. Can we stand this morning and say, God, where did my obedience go? Where did I drop off? Where was the last point where I stopped listening to your voice and following your ways? The Lord says, return from that place. Return to that place and I will allow times of refreshing to come back to you. I will allow times of God's favor of the flowing of his goodness to be refreshed upon your soul. And so this is a daily call for a life of a Christian. Acts 3.19 says, repent therefore and be converted. Begin to obey that your sins may be blotted out. So times of refreshing may come from the presence of God. And, and uh, that he might sin. Jesus Christ, who has preached to you before, so Christ could show up again, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. I can't wait to see the glory of God upon the lives of his followers, his sons. That says, you know something, I'm going to die. I'm die. If I live for rebellion, I'm just showing the works of Satan. I'm showing the works of the most sinister being I know who cannot obey, who cannot walk in the spirit of the Lord, who refuses out of pride to die to himself and his works. Jesus says, I don't want to do anything but what the Father tells me. There might be some here today that say, I didn't even know I was supposed to be baptized. You have an opportunity. You come at 3 o'clock this afternoon and we'll give you the baptism 
classes, you'll understand what baptism is all about. And at 4 o'clock, you'll join that group of people in modern age and day, the desire to begin to walk in obedience to God. There is no more glorious life than that. There is no more glorious reality. You start saying, look, look what God has done. Look what God is doing in my life. If you obey, if you listen, if you walk, you'll be my treasure. You'll be my people. And how has the devil been able to lodge a rock right in that place where we say, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to, to bring my will over to that reality. You know, the Bible says he pours out his spirit on all flesh in the last days. And that's one of the things that allows you to obey God, the spirit of God. Fill yourself up with the spirit of God. Fill yourself up with Jesus Christ's character in you. You'll see how easy it is. Philippians 2 says like this. He didn't walk in the reputation of his understanding about being a son of God, but he took the form of a servant and obeyed. He humbled himself. He dressed himself with humility, taking the form of a servant, being obedient and obedient unto death. And the Bible says clearly, I'm going to show you in this verse right here. Verse 9, Philippians 2.9. Because he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death and death on a cross, therefore God has highly exalted him. His obedience led to exaltation. His obedience led to glory. To give him a name above every name. As we sing this song, if you've never ever challenged your life saying from this day forward, I'm going to transfer over to obedience. I'm going to trust God blindly. I'm going to trust God wholly. I'm going to stand with those who stand in obedience. I'm going to learn. I'm going to model my life after Christ. I will do nothing of myself but that which the Father instructs me. So I could see how those steps lead me to the purpose of God. Lead me to, the, to being His treasure over all the peoples of the earth. If you're that person, just as we sing this song, you raise your hand. I want to pray with you. You raise your hand and you say, today I lay it down. Today I lay down my disobedience. Take me to that place, Lord. You can make me making me like you. Wrap me in your arms. Take me up, Lord. Wrap me in your arms. Give me, oh God. Wrap me in your arms. A life of obedience. Take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I can be with you. You can make me like you. Wrap me in your Like you, wrap 
It was three years ago, and I was in a meeting similar to this. And I saw a huge waterfall from heaven. I said, Lord, your blessing is so glorious. Like a waterfall that falls, and I'm here. My Christian life is, is compromised. I'm living 80% for you and 20%. I'm, I'm challenged to not take those, those incredible steps of obedience. Like Abraham, give me your son. Lay your son down. And you know, I started crying because I said, this is 20% of the force of God's blessing that my children, my sons, my daughter, my grandchildren won't receive because of my, because my cowardness, because me compromising. And I began to cry and cry. I said, Lord, I can't believe that those behind me are going to suffer because I'm, I'm, I'm negotiating. I was weeping because my descendants will lose out and will have to carry the absence of what God planned for them if I was to take my place under full, full sacrifice to die. I said, Lord, bring me there. Bring me to that place of absolute obedience. Father, I thank you this morning for this word. It's only the Spirit of God that allows us to receive the dew of heaven. And Lord, the devil has been shrewd and deceitful. He's been crafty to make us question and to set aside perpetual wanderings of darkness because we didn't want to die. Lord, thank you for a renewed call to you thank you because where you instruct there's also grace abundant to obey where you challenge us your spirit carries us and I pray for every person that has raised their hand and has heard your message today that they overcome because we do not love our lives unto death and because we obey your word. And because we have received the testimony of Christ. I pray, oh God, that in the coming days we might see the manifest glory of your presence. in those who obey. Offering up their lives as living sacrifices. We give you thanks for those that will be baptized today. This is the hope of seeing your glory upon the earth. We pray, O oh God, as they die and lay down their lives in the baptism of water, you fill them with the Spirit of God and raise them up to serve you and to be crowned with your glory and favor. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen. Amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Greet one another.